when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is March 2nd, 2017, and I am Austin Walker, and this is not a regular episode of Waypoint Radio. It's like a, uh, like a, like a bonus pod, like a bonus cast, like a, like a bone cast. It's not, it's not a bone cast. That's bad. So uh, I wrote a piece about the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, and I know that some folks don't get a chance to read the website during the week, uh, so I, I figured instead of going into the podcast tomorrow and repeating all of this, basically word for word, or not word for word, but paraphrasing it, I figured why not just record it and then toss it into this feed so that instead of kind of going over the basics tomorrow or kind of where I'm at, you'll know where I'm at, and then we can have interesting conversation beyond that. Um, Also, if this is the sort of thing you would like to see more often, let us know. Uh, Or if this is something you hate and you don't want your podcast feed cluttered, also let us know. It's kind of good to know like how how far we can push our luck in terms of putting things in this feed uh, because you know we're already a twice a week podcast and that's really cool but we also would love to to do more article readings like this or some smaller maybe more produced um, you know segments uh, and so we're definitely curious about what you feel and how you use podcasts and stuff so hit us up uh, twitter.com slash waypoint twitter.com slash austin underscore walker gamingadvice.com. Uh, any of those places, and we will we will see whatever it is that you're you're saying to us. So, uh, this is is my little write up of Breath of the Wild. Uh, the, the subject is Breath of the Wild is the Zelda adventure I've always wanted. Uh, the subhead, the deck in in journalism terms, is with a focus on exploration and experimentation. The Nintendo Switch's most important launch title is my favorite game in years. On the morning that I committed to finishing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which launches alongside Nintendo's new Switch console tomorrow and which is also available for the Wii U, I set out from a small stable in one of Hyrule's most picturesque regions, a forested stretch of hills up against the eastern sea caught in permanent autumn. My goal was to find a few final secrets before heading towards the center of the continent where I'd find the ruined and corroded skeleton of Hyrule Castle and face the game's ultimate challenge. Instead, as I pulled my horse over a ridge westward, my eye caught something on the top of a low mountain across a valley. There was movement I hadn't seen before. I checked my map and found an oddly shaped pond marked on the flat top of the summit, and something about the shape resonated with me. Maybe a short detour. My curiosity was rewarded. As soon as I reached the peak and saw what was there, I realized that the shape of the pond sounded familiar to me because a dozen hours earlier, in a town on the other side of Hyrule, another character mentioned her desire to come to this exact place. And now there were two people here, staring at each other from across the water, and it was my job to, well, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. 
From that peak, though, another glint in the distance caught my eye, and then from there another, a banner blowing in the dust-filled wind, or a single sword driven into a hillside, a glow emanating from the grassy plateau, a ring of massive, deteriorated statues looking inwards at each other, a rock in the wrong place, two rocks in the right place. There was always something new beyond the next hill in Breath of the Wild. At one point, Fifty or sixty hours into my time with the game, a man told me that he had some bananas for sale fresh from a village I had never heard of. I stumbled headfirst into that place soon after, and I was glad I did. If you are skeptical of all of this, I don't blame you even a little. Over the last decade, many games and their marketers have made the same promise. See that mountain? You can go there. Too often this has been a promise about sheer scale, a statement of the fact that there are mountains in the game, but rarely about why you would ever want to go to one. So when Nintendo made this exact same promise when it first debuted the latest Zelda game, I was skeptical too. But what I've come to learn was that Breath of the Wild isn't about sheer scale, it's about scope. Not just a general sort of largeness but a largeness that is really leveraged to produce a variety of feelings and experiences. I want to go to every mountain in this game because each one feels like it holds something fresh. While a large part of this feeling of scope comes from brilliant art and environmental design, it's what you do when you get there that lifts Breath of the Wild even higher. Over the last 31 years, the Zelda series has been incredibly innovative but also frustratingly stubborn in its devotion to its own conventions. Barring some great experiments in the side games like Majora's Mask or A Link Between Worlds, the major Zelda games always offer the same basic shape. You spend some time in an overworld, but the bulk of your most serious play is spent in dungeons, where a newly unlocked special item allows you to traverse a handful of obstacles before finally beating the boss and getting a MacGuffin. Rinse, repeat. It's reliable, but it's also predictable. Breath of the Wild swerves away from this structure. You are instead outfitted with nearly all of your special items within the first couple of hours of play. By the time you leave the first area, you'll be able to summon magical bombs, lift and swing metal objects with a rune of magnetism, lock moving objects in place using a stasis power, and lift columns of ice from any surface of water. You'll also understand the stamina and climbing mechanics. You'll, you'll have a pretty good handle on the basics of combat, including weapon durability, hard-hitting counterattacks, and critical hits with the bow. And you'll have at least a limited understanding that things like temperature and weather matter in Breath of the Wild too. A cold link is an ineffective link. Because it front-loads all of this, and because it trusts players to be able to follow along without a mind-numbing tutorial, Breath of the Wild can immediately begin challenging you to do incredible things. There are a hundred shrines spread across Hyrule that offer puzzles and other challenges and reward you with rare equipment and the divine currency needed to give you more health and stamina. Those shrines also work as free-form, nearly wordless tutorials on their own. An early shrine I found taught me that if, if you hit objects after you use the stasis power on them, they retain and build up the kinetic force you put into them, blasting off into the distance the second your stasis ends. Twenty hours later, I'd use this trick to send a boulder into the face of a giant ogre. And that's the thing about Breath of the Wild. I have a hundred stories just like that. I once spent an hour looking for a certain type of sword because a nice boy in one of the game's more bustling villages wanted to see things from the outside world. By the time I'd finally found it, it was sailing through the air and skidding down the side of a massive cliff. 
I'd knocked it from the hand of a skeletal foe, and I'd knocked said foe's head down the cliff soon after. I hopped on my shield and, using it like a snowboard, followed after, only to be slowed down by a different skeleton, which had picked up and put on the head I'd knocked down there moments earlier. After dispatching that enemy, I looked down into the deep ravine to see only fog and the faint outline of a distant river. Why not, I told myself, and leapt, gliding down and looking for the telltale glint of the blade. Nothing. Until there, in the grass, a few feet away from the river that would have stolen it away, a shine, the blade. Or another story. At a seaside dock, I found myself under attack by a pair of water-bound lizardmen and a boulder-spewing octopus. While the lizards could close distance with me, they were content to snipe away safely. Unable to get an angle on them, I retreated from the dock to the grassy bay, where they fired in artillery arcs at me all the way. Suddenly, the ground shook, and a massive beast pulled itself from the earth. The second I was distracted, the lizards closed the distance and surrounded me, poking with me at spears. I panicked and let loose an arrow, except, whoops, I had my fire arrows equipped. The grass beneath us all caught fire, and in my alarm I tried to jump away, and that's when I realized it. Fire creates heat, and heat lifts air. My paraglider caught an updraft, and I lifted away into the safe distance. I'll use this trick for the rest of my time with the game. Or just... Everything that happens at Eventide Island, just if you're going to play this game at some point, go find Eventide Island. Trust me. There was this time that I saw an enemy put his back to the wall so that my boomerang would be unable to return to me, or another time that when I lacked any fire arrows and desperately needed some, I made a fire with a piece of flint and some wood and then dipped my regular arrows into the resulting flame before letting loose each time. And then there was a time that I realized that it can, now and then, be good to be thrown from your horse. For all of these reasons, Breath of the Wild feels like a descendant of games like Far Cry 2 and Dragon's Dogma, games that emphasize making player expressivity joyful, even, or especially, when things are going poorly. It lets me break the game with my nonsense in a way that reminds me of Morrowind's spell creation, and it, it rewards me for internalizing how enemies and the environment work the way Shirin the Wanderer once did. I do not make any of these comparisons lightly. It does not just aspire to be like these games that are in my personal canon of favorites. It does not only remind me of them, it belongs with them. Breath of the Wild spent 60 or so hours letting me execute on frankly terrible plans, and it never got old. It generates the sort of spiraling self-driven stories that pulled me into games to begin with. And even all that many hours in, I still believe that it keeps its greatest strength. Breath of the Wild will constantly surprise you, and let you surprise yourself. Yet all of this misses something. There is something about Breath of the Wild that is not going to be captured in a list of the game's features, a breakdown of its systems and mechanics, or even in rollicking anecdotes. This is also the something that has made the handful of technical hiccups, including some serious frame rate issues, feel so pointless to complain about. There is an air about Breath of the Wild that is hard to capture in words, and I suspect critics and fans will spend the better part of the next month or so trying to pin this down. Here is my best effort. A few hours into playing, I'd headed east, away from central Hyrule, and towards the dueling peaks, a massive pair of mountains that seemed as if they were cleaved in two. Through the soft patter of the rain and the calming stream sounds of the river, I heard a song in the distance, and through the fog I saw lights. I climbed a hill to get a better view, and 
There, I saw a massive wooden horse head lifting up from the top of a small structure. Gliding down, the music got louder, and I could hear the murmurs of speech. A dog barked, and at that moment, the sun broke through the clouds, lighting up not only the stable, but also the field of horses and ruins and strange machines that lay beyond it. I ended my first night of playing by just lingering there at this stable. I fed the dog, and I cooked up some new recipes for myself. I spoke to the characters there, and I laughed at their jokes and sometimes at their egos. I watched as a thunderstorm slowly rolled in across the field. It's the first time that I ever felt like an adventurer at rest. This effect, the joy of just being there, runs throughout Breath of the Wild. And however magical it feels, it is clearly the result of an incredible amount of talent and hard work. Someone or a group of people realized at some point that it was deeply important to include sight lines that let you see major landmarks of Hyrule from across the entire continent, and then they worked on that until it was just right. People labored over the expressivity on character faces. People designed the grass to catch the wind and light just so. Writers and localizers massaged this familiar story. A princess, a hero, an adversary. Until it was something uncanny and unsettling. A story about the failure of a prophecy, hubris, and, seriously, the unreliability of drone warfare. In marketing material, Nintendo has been calling this game an open-air adventure. It's the sort of unique genre description that is invented alongside so many big-budget Japanese games. When I first heard the term, I rolled my eyes a little. The power of the term adventure had been diminished through its use in the games industry. As a term that once conjured feelings of momentum and danger, intrigue and bravery, but now it's pretty generic. But Breath of the Wild managed to revive the term for me. For the first time in years, I don't just feel like I'm fighting enemies or searching for loot, like I'm questing or exploring. I feel like I'm adventuring. And there is more distance yet to travel. In Breath of the Wild, you can never fast travel directly to a village or ruin or other specific location, but only to a nearby shrine or tower. That means that whenever you arrive, you always see your destination ahead of you, framed carefully. A buzzing town on a hill, a desert oasis obscured by blowing sands, a labyrinth out in the sea, a little fishing village where bananas grow on tropical trees, a strange movement on a low mountain. There is always distance to be traveled. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.